1: of separation. And today, I have the honor of speaking with two masters of breaking through that illusion. In fact, these two pioneers have been leading the way since the early 70s, teaching, mentoring, and modeling for the evolution of consciousness and living co-creation. Co-creation means so much more than cooperating or collaborating with others. In fact, it is the conscious alignment with spirit, nature, the essence of self, and others. So what happens when you join with others in resonance, shared purpose, and shared genius to fulfill your heartfelt purpose? We are going to explore that today. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind, connect with your heart, and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce two guests today, Katherine Roski is a social pioneer, educator, author, public speaker, ceremonialist, and grandmother. She has a deep commitment to the realization of a co-creative planetary culture. She's a co-founder and steward of Hummingbird Community and was program director for Hummingbird Living School for the past 17 years. And Carolyn Anderson is co-founder and the co-director of Global Family and a founding steward of Hummingbird Community. She's an author, speaker, seminar leader, and global networker committed to shifting consciousness to unity and love, and to the awakening humanity in its fullest potential. Together, they have co-authored the co-creator's handbook, and I am delighted to have these friends and mentors with me today. Welcome, Catherine and Carolyn.
2: Mm, thank you,
3: Julie. Mm, thanks so much. It's an honor to be here.
1: Oh, thank you. I am just really happy to bring this topic to our listeners and to bring your voices of wisdom to our listeners. As as I think about co-creation, so many times people are using the term interchangeably with a lot of different things, and I always want to bring them back to your definition and how you've defined it in the co-creator's handbook. So I'm going to start, though. We have a traditional first question here, and it always helps to really set our conversation into the larger perspective here, so I'm going to ask both of you, and I think I'll start with Carolyn this time. Can you share with our listeners what does all things connected mean to you? Mm.
2: Well, that to me is the reality of what is. All <laughs> life of on this planet and beyond is is one. It's one life, one consciousness, one energy. And uh, whether we experience that or not, for me, that that is the reality, and it's uh, it's where I do my very best to rest in my being.
1: Mm, beautiful, thank you. And Catherine, what do, what does all things connected mean to you?
3: Well, I'm certainly aligned with what Carolyn just shared about the the reality being that we are all interconnected and interdependent. And on another level, um, I feel that consciously cultivating and recognizing our connection and building upon that is what's so needed in this era and these challenging times is for people to be able to feel that sense of connectedness foremost within themselves, but together as a larger community and global family.
1: Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, that leads me right into a the number one thing that I wanted to just really ground here for our listeners is that you both have been doing this work, this understanding of unity of consciousness, the the interconnected reality that we live. You both have been doing this for Decades, decades, decades. I would love for you to tell just a little bit of your history because you both got started so early working in creating this new culture and you've really been leading the way and pioneering for decades. Who wants to give us a little bit of a history? Well, well Catherine,
3: I'll... why don't why don't you begin? Okay. Um So for me, going back into the mid-70s, my husband Makasha had started an organization called World Family in 1972. And we met shortly after that, and our first major project together was called World Invocation Day, which was a big festival in Boulder, Colorado, and an international link up for peace uh, with activities happening all around the globe and with the intention of really recognizing the unity uh, of our diversity and bringing us together in the experience of our oneness. So that um, definitely launched me on the path of global initiative, and we came together with uh, Carolyn, uh, as we all shared, in organizing Harmonic Convergence in 1987, and then combine global family and world family. So I'm going to pass the baton to you, Carolyn, to talk about global family. Okay. Uh, Thanks, Catherine. Well, I'm going to take a step back and
2: say that when I first became aware of consciously co-creating was in 1983 when I was working with Barbara Marks Hubbard on her campaign for a positive future. And it was during that time that, first of all, it was the first time I experienced being part of what we refer to as a co-creative core group, a team of people who are aligned around their vision, their values, and their purpose. And it was a remarkable team, very gifted group of people, very loving group. So that was my first experience of co-creation. And then um, after Barbara's campaign, a couple years later in 1986, four of us, including Barbara and myself, co-founded Global Family. And our vision has always been to support the shift in consciousness from separation and fear to unity, love, and co-creation. And when we asked ourselves, well, how do you do that? We knew that this small group process that had been revealed to us was a way to shift from separation and fear to unity and love. And we also knew that these large global events, like Catherine just mentioned, including harmonic convergence and the world peace meditation, all of these events that are going on Really, it's beautiful. Every couple of months, there seems to be some, one of these global meditations. That those also impact the field of consciousness. And as you, as we were discussing, because everything's connected, <laughs> it uh, in a very subtle way impacts all of us.
1: Mm, yes. So, so then the you two came together with that early work, and um, one blessing from your relationship is you both co-wrote the co-creators handbook and um, I I would love for us to just talk a little bit about that so um, our guests can pick this up if they're interested but you're really giving everyone anyone the opportunity to come together in small groups and understand the co-creative process and practice and wow this manual is filled with incredible exercises um, just a a step by step of how how groups can come together and really create a whole new culture for themselves that they can literally take out into the world in so many different ways so let's talk about the co-creators handbook for just a minute and then we'll we'll get into defining these things and, and talk about the concepts Okay, well,
2: um, I'd like to say that the subtitle of the book is An Experiential Guide for Discovering Your Life's Purpose and Birthing a New World. And what the book lays out is actually, as you said, Julie, it's a step-by-step guide. It's the template that was revealed to Barbara and me in 1983. And we learned a few years later that this this template is also, it's the same one that's used by the Findhorn community in Scotland, that Indigenous people have been using this model of building the resonant field and looking within and over learning the communication skills to overcome any sense of separation. These various elements, uh, you know, are part of the the wisdom of, you know, um, of many people. So what uh, I think that our gift in the handbook is actually laying it out so that it can be replicated. And I think when people read through the book, many elements feel familiar because it's so organic to our beingness.
1: Mm, yes, absolutely. So, thank you for this gift. And uh, you're you're on the second edition, and it is really a valuable tool for anyone. Um, anyone, even if you don't have that group yet, even if you've been a part of a community for a very long time, even if you're just really wanting to look at at different exercises and things to help. It's really, it's a masterpiece. So thank you both for that. So let's, let's talk about co-creation because you have both a definition for co-creation and then now living co-creation. And like I mentioned in the intro, when, when people misuse that term and they they use it for cooperation or collaboration or we're working together on a project, I often will refer to your definition from the Co-Creators Handbook. And, uh, you know, we talked about that being conscious alignment with spirit, nature, and the essence of self and others. But I'd love for you to unpack that a little bit and expand on that. Catherine, do you want to start with that?
3: Sure. Um, so for us, the spiritual aspect of it, of that deep alignment with our inner essence, uh, the wholeness of our being, is essential. And it's from that place, from that centered place within, that then as we move into relationship, either with just one other individual or a team, uh, that, that's the field that we want to cultivate So it's the field of resonance where we're honoring one another in respect and a field of safety where our creativity can really come forth and everyone can feel empowered to give their gifts. So in collaboration, there's certainly an intent toward harmonious relationship, but for us in co-creation, it's a deeper, almost a spiritual practice in terms of working our own edges, healing past wounds and moving forward into a more integrated place within ourselves and then that naturally uplifts all of our activities.
1: Hmm. Thank you. The spiritual component of really coming into that, like you said, resonant field and and allowing that also to inform is so important. We're gonna pick that back up later, but I wanna add Living co-creation because you've now created a a brand new business called Living Co Creation and you're teaching and mentoring and modeling this for individuals, organizations, anyone. And so what do you what do you explain? How do you unpack what living co creation means when you put those two words together?
2: Okay, this is Carolyn. I'm happy to respond to that. Uh, well, for decades, Global Family has been sharing these practices through trainings and gatherings. And two and a half years ago, my husband and I and Catherine and Makasha came together to create a for-profit business. And we call it Living a Co-Creation because, as you've suggested, Julie, you know, we have been a Living <laughs> Co-Creation for decades now. So yes. it just felt very appropriate. And what it is, is it's a it's vehicle a Vehicle for us to share our wisdom and our experience with others. And we do it through either uh, consulting or coaching or through um, uh, trainings and gatherings. And our next uh, training in the United States is at Hummingbird Community. In September, we're doing a one day on September 5th, followed by a deeper immersion uh, called uh, Co-Creating a New Earth. And that'll be from September 6th through 10th and then we've been invited to do something very similar in Germany the end of October so we'll be going over there to Hamburg and Baden Baden to do a training in Germany so it's it's really wonderful to have this vehicle and the four of us are we are we're a co-creative core group that just we're so in love with one another and so imbued with these practices it's really a joy to be doing this together
1: mm-hmm. i i love that I'm, I'm sorry, Catherine, I'm going to jump in because the two things you said is being in love with each other and imbued with the practices together really is a good definition of co-creation right there, too, is that really that love, that um, resonance and, and harmony that comes between your relationships is um, a result of those imbued practices as well as the practices create more. It's like this this beautiful prescription for anyone, really. I love that. So I want to just really assist our listeners in understanding maybe some of these elements that you might be teaching because these imbued practices that you talk about are so critical in our world today. They really are a healing balm for what's happening. And and I know both of you have have talked about this illusion of separation and breaking this down and and you address that with living co-creation and the work that you've done. So one of the things that that you do is you talk about elements of um, co-creation, living co-creation and how you're teaching that. So let's Let's dig into a few of those because I think it's really important. Awakening the authentic self. Catherine, why is that important?
3: Well, as, as, as I was speaking to before, the, the essential um, importance of having the connection with, within ourselves is key. It's foundational to really healthy relationships. So that inward journey to know thyself uh, connecting with our essential nature and being able to operate, notice egoic tendencies and how they can get in the way from the full expression of, of the love that we are and to embrace them, not to reject them or or resist or try to change ourselves, but just to move into a greater sense, I think, of loving ourselves. And through that, then the love for one another naturally arises. Mm.
1: This is an important one with so many new age voices today really want us to just leave the ego behind and we're not addressing shadow work. So why do you think that's really important? Because I'm getting a lot of backlash from people who are now coming back to this full embodied authentic self and saying, yes, we got to go through this human body. But I wonder if you have any reflections about that.
3: Well, I think that the necessity of embracing all aspects of our being and to honor them and then to uh, really step forward into the self, into our magnificent self. But if we deny or we ignore um, both experiences through our lifetime, that which has shaped us, or places that we maybe judge, uh, then we're just creating separation from within. And I know just from personal experience, how that creates an inner uh, tension, a suffering, and it doesn't lead us really to that place of uh, unembodied self that is a vehicle for love.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so another one. Carolyn, I'm wondering if you want to talk about this, but the second one is creating and maintaining resonance. And I'm wondering if you could just give our listeners, and then Catherine, feel free to jump in too, but let's talk about how do we do that? How do we create resonance? What does that mean? What is what is resonance for those that might not know? Most of our listeners probably do, but what is that resonance and and how do we create it and maintain it?
2: Well, um, you know, my favorite definition of resonance is the invisible field of love in which co-creation occurs. And in the same way that we cannot co-create unless we are coming forward as our authentic self or as the divine intelligence that we are, we can't co-create unless we are in resonance. And that means we're in the space of love. We are feeling our connection within ourselves to our deepest essence and we're feeling that and seeing and appreciating that in others and in nature so without resonance there is no co-creation so <laughs> that's a really good guideline because uh, you can just feel if you're within a in a group And you're feeling judgmental yourself or you're feeling any sense of separation with others, then you just know that, oh, now we're not in the space of co-creation. And for me, the easiest way to get back there is to... Slow down, take a couple of deep breaths and breathe into my heart and remember that I am the impulse of creation incarnate as is all other life and um, to get out of my mind, to move from the mind to the heart because it's the mind that creates divisions.
1: Mm. Catherine, do you want to add anything to that?
3: Well, there are certain um, processes that really support moving into resonance. I think building a field of safety and trust with one another where we feel like we can be vulnerable, that we can speak our truth without, you know, others like judging it or putting it down. Um, and so when those are practiced, and, and I know you'll be moving on to the next circle, but the um, when there's separation with another, if we can move right toward it and hold a field of love... And address whatever it is that is standing in the way, recognizing that so often if we react to somebody, then it's, it's mostly because of something from our past uh, that we're willing to allow it to be a healing moment. And then the energy can move and there's greater intimacy. So having practices that we can do with one another, just continue to build that resonant field.
1: Uh-huh. So, what do you do? Carolyn mentioned getting getting out of her head, coming back to her heart, and then um, joining that field of love again. What do you do with another member who might not understand heart and this resonance and stays in their head? What do you What do you do when you're in a group with someone like that who's who's not in that co-creation with you?
3: Well, I think. First of all, just um, developing a field of allowance and acceptance of them as they are so that they do feel safe and not defensive, and, and then actually learning ways to reestablish trust and safety is really essential, and there's also, um, you know, as we're doing projects or businesses or whatever together, oftentimes we'll come to a place where we realize that perhaps we're actually not in a deep resonance with each other. And Carolyn mentioned about how the four of us that are doing living co-creation have this, this deep love, but also the way our skills come together uh, and really complement one another. And we we experience very little separation from one another. But we've also been in situations where that's not the case, and sometimes that requires a differentiation in some way.
1: Mm. So, and that's a good point. Not everyone, just like we're not all compatible in different ways, we're not always compatible with a field of resonance. And so thanks for differentiating that. I think that's that's important. Okay, I want to do one more before the break. Um, and, and we have about four minutes here before the break. But this idea of and this is a big one maybe I'm going to skip over this one (laughs) I'm going to skip over this one and we can start I'm just going to talk about the overcoming the illusion of separation let's do that right after the break but let's talk about following your inner guidance what can you teach us today what can you talk about that would maybe assist a listener today to maybe even just do something subtle a subtle shift in into understanding and how to really listen and access and, and follow that inner guidance. Carolyn, well, this is Carolyn. I'm, I'm happy to share about, you know, my personal practice
2: for me, learning to access my inner wisdom has been a, it's, it's almost like building a, a muscle. It's something that I have, um, has been enhanced for me over time. And uh, so for me, my practice has to do with a, stilling my body and my mind. And sometimes that inner listening might come as an intuitive flash. Uh, Sometimes I can provoke it by asking a question, asking directly for guidance. And uh, sometimes it's just a direct knowing. It might be a feeling in the body. Um, I notice that for me it's enhanced by being in nature, by feeling that connection to all that is that um, I'm able to uh, get in touch with my own internal guidance. And I think that's a journey that many of us are taking at this time because uh, I certainly was conditioned to listen to outer authority. I mean, I learned that from my parents and my teachers. That uh, So it was something that probably started coming to me in my late teens, early 20s, of uh, having the experience. Of asking for guidance, receiving it, and experiencing that that was the right direction for me. So uh, it's been something I've learned over over a period of time. It wasn't uh, you know wasn't something that came in just a sudden flash for me.
1: Mm, I appreciate you referring to it like a muscle, and you know using it, practicing, and building that builds that muscle memory. That's a, a nice way for us to look at how to do that. Catherine, do you want to add anything about inner guidance?
3: Yeah, I want to um, add a couple things. One is also listening to the body, uh, the body wisdom, and oftentimes the body will give us signals. I know for myself, I can oftentimes feel it in my solar plexus or in my heart, something that uh, is a message from the body in terms of the trusting the guidance. And I think it's also so important that we support one another in following our guidance because sometimes the guidance will require a leap of faith, will require taking a radically new direction that maybe uh, family members or close friends might think, not think is the best choice for us. And so to really trust ourselves and be willing to take those what we call evolutionary leaps, uh, especially in, in this day, is, I feel, so important.
1: Mm. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Both beautiful answers. And I I can't wait to dig into the rest of these. We're going to talk about how to birth that new world and overcoming this illusion of separation and so much more when we come back. I'm Dr. Julie Kroll. You're listening to The Doctor Show. The Doctor Show. The Dr. Julie Show. We will be right back.
0: are listening to Empower Radio, an entire radio station devoted to your personal development, expanding your conscious awareness, and empowering positive change. Meet our hosts and listen online at EmpowerRadio.com, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, or download the Empower Radio app for your smartphone or tablet. It's free in the App Store, and it lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand. Empowering people, empowering change. Empower Radio, online at EmpowerRadio.com. Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right.
2: Why are your pants on your head?
0: Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Miles, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council.
4: Radio to inspire, encourage, and empower you. This is Empower Radio.
0: Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio.
1: Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's the thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I would love to hear from you. Love your feedback, always, always. And join me and other global, global co-creatives at goodofthehole.com, where we explore humanity's creative potential. We are here today with Katherine Roski, and Carolyn and Anderson, both of Living Co-Creation. You can find them at livingcocreation.com. Again, that's Living cocreation.com and right before the break um, Catherine and Carolyn we were talking about this beautiful elements of what you teach and how you practice and what you bring to the world when you're talking about living co-creation, and you both are masters and I want to tackle this big one here because we talk about it a lot on the show and I think it's really foundational for so many when we're looking at a co-creative life and practice is this overcoming the illusion of separation Separation. And you both gave me your responses to what does all things connected mean? But I'd love to hear your wisdom on what we've done creating this illusion of being separate from each other and the earth, the planet, nature, our divinity, and and how do we shift that? What what are some of the practices? What are some of the mindsets or thoughts or or anything that would shift our perspective and our perception back to this whole centered way of living. Who would like to start on this one?
3: You can jump in, Carolyn.
2: Okay. Well I notice in, in my life I feel very fortunate to be alive at this time. And to be the age that I am because uh, I've spent most of my adult life in the San Francisco Bay Area, which has always been a nexus of consciousness and sort of leading edge transformational people and so on. And so I had the opportunity in the 70s to actually learn some communication skills. And that's something that my parents did not have that opportunity. And many people around the world, you know, they don't they don't even know the basics So um, we have found in our work with Living Co-Creation and Global Family that this is really important because we all live in a consciousness of separation. There's so much divisiveness in the world and uh, in the United States, starting with our political situation right now, there's so much adversarial energy. So if we can move into our hearts and have the skills to know how to uh, connect with others, even if at the mental level, maybe we don't agree with their ideas or even agree with their actions. We can at least hold them as divine intelligence, as, as the beauty that they are in their essence. So in the handbook, we have a number of exercises to overcome the illusion of separation, including clearing exercises, how to clear with another person, and we have found that acknowledgement exercises are really helpful if we can really stand back and see the beauty and appreciate the magnificence of others, then if we feel that within ourselves, that communicates um, in an unspoken way to that person. So there's a a lot of tools in this book for... uh, moving back into a deep sense of connection with others.
1: Mm, Thank you. Catherine, you want to jump in there? Sure. Uh,
3: What I would add to that is uh, having an agreement field within a group. So here at Hummingbird, which was founded 20 years ago on the principles and practices of co-creation, we've uh, established an agreement field called the Co-Creator Agreements, and with those agreements, it's like a, um, an example would be uh, agreeing to clear with another when separation arises or to honor our differences, which for me is is listening deeply and really uh, having a curiosity about the other person's perspective. Um, also coming from a place of self-responsible communication where we we recognize that uh, it's our perception of a situation that usually creates a separation, and if we <clears throat> are res- coming from a place of self-responsibility, we take ownership rather than projecting that somebody's doing something to us or that we're a victim, we realize that a situation of separation has arisen for a teaching and for a healing. So I think having some of those basic understandings in place make a really big difference on how we're able to deal with conflict as it arises.
1: Mm, I'm glad you brought up co-creators agreements. I'm going to just do a little plug for for your co-creator agreements right here because I think it's an incredible resource that you share openly with anyone. And so in the co-creators handbook, literally, you can find a copy of of the co-creators agreements and you have suggested make them your own take them work with them make them your own and and really personalize them for your family your organization your workplace wherever you may need these this agreement field and it's it's brilliant and do you want to give a plug for where you first um grabbed these co-creative agreements from. Was it the Geneva Group that you first came out with agreements? Absolutely.
2: Definitely want to give a plug, and specifically to Marion Head. uh, Marion joined the board of Global Family in 1987, and she was very instrumental in uh, communicating about harmonic convergence at that time. And so Marion had been part of the Geneva group, Marion and her husband Glenn, for many years. And so they brought the original set of the co-creators agreements into Global Family. And uh, as you know, she has gone on to write her own book. Uh, She's uh, sort of, uh, they're the same agreements, but modified in her own unique way, the Revolutionary Agreements. So, yeah, we really thank Marion. and. You know, through Global Family, these agreements have been spread all over the world. There's literally thousands of groups that are co-creating their own version of these agreements.
1: Yeah, I can't recommend them enough. Again, go to the Co-Creators Handbook or you can find them online when you're looking up Hummingbird or Global Family or or Living Co-Creation. You will find them. So thank you for that. You know, the other one that I think you've got three more elements that you you teach when you're doing living co-creation. And, and, um, I'm going to, I'm going to move into the last two, because I want to make sure that we can talk about them because it's a new way of thinking at uh, the, the fifth one that is expressing our soul's calling. And we hear about that a lot. And, and I think we all are pretty aware that that's an important thing to do in this day and age, but the last two are actualizing shared purpose in birthing a new world. And this is where co-creation really gets good is when we're looking at actualizing shared purpose. I think it's so important. And Catherine, do you want to start with that and just explain what does that even mean? And then what does that look like in action when we really are actualizing our shared purpose? Well,
3: yes, as we get in touch with our own purpose and the gifts that bring us the most joy to express in the world, uh, then we're naturally looking for partners. And I think especially in, in this era that the need and the desire to do things together with a group rather than be the lone ranger is really strong for people, the building of community and connectedness. So as we find those partners that we both feel a deep resonance with and recognize that we have, uh, a shared purpose in the world, then we come together to create our projects. So that's one way that co-creation and co-creative practices can be applied. There also um, are many times that uh, an existing business will want to help tra- transform their culture and move from the dominating culture more into an empowered partnership model. And so they'll start uh, a business or a project will start incorporating these principles uh in a group where there already is a common purpose. Mm. Carolyn, do you want to add to that? Yeah, thank you. Uh, Yeah, I want
2: to touch back on this uh, uh, principle of differentiation that you, uh, I think Catherine and Julie both mentioned earlier in the call, and that is that um, I have found as far as finding your co-creative partners, for me it's been a little bit of a sense of trial and error, and that uh, sort of the guideline, are you really with your co-creative team is first of all, are you fully expressing your purpose? Do you feel fulfilled and actualized and empowered in the group? And is there a feeling of love and deep connection and joy and playfulness? And if you find that you're spending a lot of time processing, you're not focusing on the project, but you're dealing at the personality level with one another, that's when you want to really consider, is there differentiation wanting to happen here? And ideally, if that happens, and it does happen, this is a common thing, hopefully the person who is needing to differentiate feels that within, feels like, you know what, this really isn't fun for me, and I don't feel like I'm expressing myself, and then that person can step back and say, you know what, I love you guys, we're always connected, but I'm going to step out of this circle. It doesn't feel right. That's Mm. ideal. It doesn't always happen that way. But uh, that's an important principle to be aware of, that we can separate with love, and we don't have to do it by being angry and shutting the door on other relationships.
1: That is such good advice. Go ahead, Catherine.
3: Well, I was just going to add the other important element that we certainly experience uh, in our living co-creation team is having various skills that we each bring and having a balance in the team. So in order for a project or business to be successful, there's so many different functions that need to be addressed. And oftentimes the visionary aspect is really strong or the creative aspect, but to have all the different parts of the mandala uh, fulfilled, either within, you know, it can be a small team or it can be a larger team in terms of fulfilling those functions, but that they all are addressed is so important for the success of what goes on.
1: Mm. I couldn't agree more. While both of you were talking, I was, I was thinking about different groups that I've been invited into and, and literally they define these groups as co-creative. You know, we have this shared purpose and, you know, we all want to make this change here or, or work toward this cause or, you know, come out and, and share in shared purpose. And I've noticed in this this topic of, of shared purpose and the differentiation is so important. And one that I was thinking about, I don't feel like I have the opportunity to give my gifts at all. You know, it's like, it's just run. So it's not co-creative. The, the group isn't co-creative and I don't have a, an opportunity to share my gifts into the group. It's somebody running it and calling it co-creative. and And so that doesn't work either. The other one I'm thinking about is um another one where the group really wants me to bring my group or bring my gifts there bring my skills my my shared souls calling into this group they really want me there but I'm not feeling the resonance. And I'm not really feeling even resonant with the shared purpose. Like it's, that's not mine to do. I've got my own mind to do. So those are a couple of good examples. Do you want to say anything about that? Because a lot of people out there are looking for those groups and, and sometimes they're just not ours to do.
3: Yeah, discernment is so key here, discerning where our energies can best be utilized for the greatest uh, effectiveness as well as our own personal fulfillment, uh, and and discerning our partners. Um, so what you've spoken to, Julie, are, are all good examples of what can so easily arise in a group. And we've seen um, so many groups and and. People coming together with the best of intentions but if the ego takes over and uh, somebody comes in with a very hard or a strong like kind of overlay or this is the way we're going to do it or uh, just then that can completely shut down the energy of the group so the importance of having an open loving heart and being um, drawing forth each other's magnificence
1: is so key to the success of any endeavor Mm, I love that. Drawing forth each other's magnificence. Great quote, Catherine. Thank you. So the last element that we talk about with living co-creation is birthing a new world. And we talked earlier, Carolyn mentioned the political challenges that we're seeing. We're seeing lots of breakdowns in in all of our different social systems and different forms and, and the planetary challenges with our environment. And I'm wondering from your perspective, you wise mentors for all of us, what birthing a new world really means and what is this co-creative culture? What might that look like when we get there? What is it going to look like and feel like? What is a co-creative culture and what is birthing a new world? Hmm. Well, I'm happy to uh,
2: address this. You know, one of the lessons of conscious evolution is that uh, breakthrough is always preceded by breakdown. And that's what we're experiencing now. And it's so uh, heartening to know that principle, because otherwise it can be so discouraging when you see, you know, that there's forces in our government that don't want to uh, be part of the Paris Accord on climate change and so on, which feels so vital to so many of us. But to realize that this is part of the process, that if we are going to transform our culture, we need to go through this breakdown, which we're doing. So um, for me, what this looks like, this new world, is uh, we talk about the convergence of cores. And we're doing it right now, Julie, on this phone call. And that is that this is a natural, organic process. When each person has discovered their deep calling and they found their perfect teammates, then what, what, what happens is we're, each little group is like a cell in the physical body, and those cells want to connect with one another to make a whole system. So right now, your radio show, (laughs) you have your own system here with your producer connecting with Catherine and me as part of Living Co-Creation. And there are others that we could bring in here, maybe people who might do some marketing or something like that to create a whole system. So that's part of this new world. But my vision is that each of us is giving our gifts, we're feeling fulfilled, and we're, we're connected as community as part of this whole
1: Living system. Mm. Catherine, you want to expand on that? That's beautiful, Carolyn. Thank you.
3: Yeah, you know, I feel like um, the co-creative practices are really, um, they're so important in these times as hey, we can feel the rise of the feminine and not as trying to be in emanating the masculine qualities, but really bringing forth so many of the co-creative principles are of a feminine nature, to embrace, to love, uh, and to build a field of trust and safety, all of those qualities. And as we discover those within ourselves, um, within both masculine and feminine, I feel like the, the culture that's emerging is more balanced. So rather than be dominated or uh, have sort of a, be driven by our egos, we instead rest into a deep listening. What is it that wants to emerge? And it's a, a feminine embrace in from my perspective. And I think as we're able to find that balance within ourselves and then with our teammates, that the whole culture gets permeated with that. And we see it arising everywhere, that, um, that call to the deep feminine to come forward. And I feel that many of us, and especially the young people coming in, are encoded with a pattern for what oftentimes is referred to as the new earth, blueprint for the new earth, that embodies the values that we all hold sacred, and that we're living them, and we're supporting one another in in truly bringing them forth and embodying them.
1: Mm. Well, many of your practices in the Co-Creators Handbook, and just your practices within your community, within the different groups and organizations that you're with, with this co-creation, many of them begin to start creating a, a culture all of their own anyway, what we're talking about with this co- co-creative culture. It's like others then begin to understand, oh, we connect with our heart and it's okay to sit in a boardroom and take a moment and breathe together and connect with our heart and come into resonance. Oh, it's okay to speak when we feel like we're not in resonance. So I really appreciate what you're bringing because it crosses all boundaries and belief systems that the co-creator handbook and living co-creation can really transcend culture into this universal place. So thank you for that. So, So speaking of that transcending culture, many of what you're talking about also our ancient practices. It's almost like you're remembering that divine feminine. We're remembering the indigenous cultures. We're remembering how we're remembering our wholeness and returning to wholeness. We're remembering our our divine, our our own sense of divine expression. And we're returning to that. Let's, can you speak to that? This really this um, understanding ourselves as whole again and really honoring, even with sacred ceremony and rituals, you've, you've write about that as well of really coming into and claiming our, our own divinity and our wholeness and returning to a culture of wholeness.
3: Yeah, I feel like we're both remembering, and there's also a new pattern that's being revealed. So it's a weaving with that deep wisdom from the past and from the indigenous peoples and uh, certainly from the wisdom of nature. And I think there's also, as we are evolving, as humanity and as a, a whole system, all of Gaia that there is also a new energy that is coming forth that we are opening to and uh, it's being integrated in to our own beings and into our, our activities. So for me, it's a both and a remembrance and a deep listening of what's being revealed and ceremony and ritual uh, is so key to uh, tuning in to the sacred that's always present and honoring it and, Um, coming together as carolyn mentioned about you know all the global meditations and honorings of the waters of the world and all the ways that uh so many are awakening to the importance of this and i feel for i know for myself personally it really uh uplifts my life when i'm involved in in ceremony that's relevant and connected Mm. carolyn do you want to add
2: anything Sure. Uh, You know, one of the practices in the handbook that we really haven't touched on is a a new form of decision-making that goes beyond consensus, and we call it attuning to the design of creation. So uh, let's just pretend the three of us wanted to make a decision here. Uh, the way we do the process is we still our minds and we we ask the question, whatever that question is, we look within and uh, we can feel it, sense it in our body, sense it intuitively. So we're, we're tuning in to what is the, the divine pattern that's wanting to be expressed here as opposed to uh, what do I want at the egoic level or majority rule. We can't really decide, so we're going to vote on this and two out of three is going to win which is sort of a common practice right now in the collective consciousness but this being able to still the mind and tune into what is it that's wanting to happen what's wanting to emerge at this time that's a very important and a very feminine practice
1: Very beautiful and what happens when it you're tuning in as a collective and the three of us are here and we're tuning in and how do you coach that um process to come forward with, let's say two are really resonant and in tune together, and it feels it feels really attuned to the design of creation and and it's coming forward, and the other one's not there. Is that where you just practice that safety? You practice bringing them along or or how do you how do you do with that?
3: Hmm. <laughs> well, it's really important to listen to the voice of the one that might uh, be hesitant or uh, have a different perspective than, say, what the majority of the group might be feeling. Um, I have a, a strong memory of an incident that happened in the beginning of Hummingbird when there was so much enthusiasm about um, purchasing a particular property and expanding our efforts, and I felt really strongly that that wasn't the right course, and I was I was the only one that was uh, not in resonance or in um, alignment, I should say, with, I don't know, there maybe were eight or ten other people and it's so important to listen to that voice because oftentimes that's carrying a pearl of wisdom. And in this case, everyone eventually came around to realizing that uh, that was too much. And in retrospect, it would have really overextended us. So um, it's, we want to embrace it and not push it away.
1: Beautiful. You know, and I also, find...
3: I would just ahead,
2: add Kim. that if, you know, if there isn't an alignment, then maybe what's be- being asked for is to just not act just, you know, put it aside for now and perhaps come back to it later or perhaps to release it.
1: I love that because I I, I can see co creation within groups very similar to the creative process within an individual. And sometimes we get to that point where just something's not sitting right and you sit with it and you be with it and you honor it. And then you literally will have a greater creative breakthrough in that process if you're if you're listening to whatever's discordant there and and I find that the same in co-creative groups that I'm working with if that one person's not quite in alignment with the rest and we sit with it it brings us to maybe a higher octave of of the solution that we're ultimately looking for yeah yeah absolutely Absolutely. Okay, beautiful. Carolyn and Catherine, I have enjoyed our conversation so much, and I'm wondering if there's any last thing that you haven't got to say that you would love to say about living co-creation or or the co-creative process.
3: Well, I'd just like to remind everyone uh, and invite uh, whoever feels drawn to Hummingbird in the beginning of September for our living co-creation retreat. Um, because it's really to be able to experience the principles and practices of co-creation in a community that was founded on them is a really unique and special experience, uh, experience. and Hummingbird is so gorgeous uh, in nature, deep immersion, so an invitation to join us.
1: Excellent. I I second that, and you can find all that information on livingcocreation.com. Carolyn, do you want to add anything?
2: Yeah, I just want to say I'm I'm actually very hopeful about what's happening on the planet right now. There's so many uh, creative innovations and uh programs like yours, Julie. There's so much to lift our spirits and uh so that's what I'm focusing on and I thank you so much for the great work you're doing, Julie. You're 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 a fabulous co-creator. Mm. Absolutely.
3: Ditto.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I love and admire both of you. And it's been a pleasure to have this conversation about co-creation on the show today and to support your work. And And again, you can go to the website and find everything, everything right there. And um, maybe we'll all join up in Hummingbird in September for that retreat. Thank you both for being here today.
2: Mm, thank you, thank Julie. You.
1: You're welcome. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie show, all things connected. I'd like to thank you for tuning in today as well. And remember together we're creating connections for the good of the whole until next time I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.